welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is a podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hi, and welcome to episode 39 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today I am joined again by Miss Caroline Anderson, sports psychologist and former Olympian. She's the director of Performance Edge Psychology and brings over 16 years of experience in both hospital settings and private practice, working with people with mental health issues, elite athletes, business leaders, and organizations. She's worked with the Victorian Institute of Sport, AIS, Cricket Australia, and the AFL Players Association. In today's show, we're going to discuss mental health, what it is, and how you can help. Welcome to the show, Caroline. So, Caroline, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Belinda. It's great to be back. As you previously mentioned, today we're going to be talking about mental health in athletes. But before we get started, for those who did miss episode 36, if you can go through just a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, your role and um, what you do. Okay, great. Well, I'm a registered psychologist and I run a psychology clinic um, called Performance Edge Psychology in North Bourne in Melbourne. Um, so here we, we have a small team and we work with um, individuals, athletes and the general public wanting to um, have some assistance either around their performance or well-being and mental health. And the way that we approach it is that those three things are really key and interlinked. Um, uh, yeah, and so we also do presentations to sporting organisations or businesses um, around those three areas of high performance, um, well-being and mental health factors. I work with um, the Victorian Institute of Sport and um, the Australian Institute of Sport, as well as a few other sporting organisations where I see their athletes specifically, so AFL and um, the Australian Cricket Cricketers Association and so on. So, yeah, it's a fun and diverse um, role and I feel very lucky every day to come into work and do what I do. Yeah, and of course, Caroline will be joining me with the Porsche Junior Driver Development a little bit later this year. So we're looking forward to working face-to-face with Caroline um, come around about June time, which will be very exciting for us both. So we are talking um, on a serious note today around about mental health. Um, What is actually mental health for those that may have some misconceptions around those words, I think? Yeah, I guess, yeah, the word can be a bit confusing. Um, I mean, everyone has mental health. Um, Everyone has, you know, a a brain and a body and those things are interlinked. And, um, you know, sometimes for various reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into, that sometimes people can experience psychological problems um, and whether we call them mental health problems or mental illnesses, um, I guess that's semantics. But, um, you know, I guess usually what we think about when we think about mental health issues is um, a cluster of symptoms and signs that indicate that, uh, and they're not just sort of for one day or a couple of days, normally a bit more enduring than that. So over a course of a couple of weeks or a couple of months, depending on what the the issue is, um, when there's a cluster of symptoms, um, we would generally define them as fitting into a category of being a particular mental health problem, for example. Yeah. And what are some of those symptoms that both parents, coaches, um, peers can look out for when it comes? Yeah, to- I think that's a really, yeah, really good question because often 
um, you know, I think we, we need to be thinking about in teams and in sports, uh, keeping an eye on each other and looking out for each other. And I think we don't always know what to look for. So I think in order to identify if someone's experiencing a mental health issue, it is important to keep in mind any changes to um, what you might see in a person's um, feelings and behaviours, for example, or what they're exhibiting. So we might notice changes in their mood, their social engagement, their general level of functioning, their ability to cope, and even physical changes such as weight loss. So um, obviously the symptoms will depend uh, depend, you know, depending on which type of mental health condition a person is experiencing. But I guess some of the noticeable signs might include things like sleep problems or someone being really tired, um, weight or appetite changes, um, a withdrawal from friends or activities. Um, we might notice... Frozen. or tearful at times, less poor sorry. concentration. Sorry, you just froze. Sorry. Oh, okay. I'll repeat that. Um, people often about useful or something. Yeah. Uh, Sleep withdrawal. Uh, you're frozen again. Is it sad or with, oh, withdrawal? I'm not sure. Yeah, just read it. Yeah. Okay, I'll resume. So I'll just I'll go back from um, uh, people might might. No. <laughs> Be a bit more withdrawn from friends and or enjoyment in, in activities. Mm -hmm. And um, they might have poor concentration, um, might be irritable. Um, people often might sort of talk about things that they're worried about a lot. They might seem quite on edge. Um, or people might have extreme mood changes. So there may be some of the quite obvious outward signs that um, friends or family or even coaches might might notice. And if they do identify those systems, how's the best way, I guess, to, to address them with the person, with the driver, with the athlete, with the pit crew? Um, is it a matter of saying, are you okay? Is there something um, a little bit more strategic than that? Or <laughs> Yeah, I think I think people often get a bit scared or hesitant that they're going to invade someone's personal space, or um, you know they feel like maybe that they worry that maybe they're put, they're going to upset the person by asking them what's going on. I don't think that's the case. I think people that are that are having a mental health problem really need support. They need people to check in with them. Um, don't be afraid to ask the questions. No, I don't think it's anything strategic per se. I think it's just you know, having a really basic conversation. Hey, I've, I've noticed um, these things and I just wanted to check in and see if you're okay. Um, or tell me a bit about what's going on for you. Or we just want to make sure that, um, you know, everything's all right and that we, you know, that you know we're here to support you. I think that's such an important just first start of the conversation. I think the other thing is um, listening, offering reassurance and staying calm and being patient it are some really good strategies to be able to um, use or utilise when talking to someone that you're concerned about. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to solve it all. You just need to listen and, and sort of um, validate what they're saying and um, lend them that really good ear, listening ear. Um, before sort of stepping in and having to do anything about it. I think they just need to be heard and, and listened to and supported at that point. Um, and I think then it's about together working out a bit of a plan and, and we can't really make a plan without having any information. So, um, you know, I think it's really important to go out and um, seek that information, whether that's 
there are good websites that you know available if you, if you go to a reputable website like Beyond Blue or certain Australian government websites, they're going to have really good information on there um, to help you you gather the information and the person that you're concerned about. Um, and I think coming back to that idea that there's still a lot of stigma out there regarding mental health, and I think. Um, People can worry about talking about mental health can make it worse, but it's it's really not true. So don't be afraid to have those open and honest discussions um, and don't be afraid to ask those questions. Yeah, so it is about just keeping those lines of communication open, um, you know, making sure that you, um, you're allowing the person um, know that you're available if they do need to have a chat at any time, um, going in there without any, I guess, expectations um, for both parties and without any judgment. Um, is what I was trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so what causes mental health? Is there certain triggers? You're saying before everyone's got a brain, everyone's got mental health. <laughs> is it certain things that occur in our life or is it lifestyle? Oh, look, it's all those factors. So I guess at a, at a basic level, um, we talk about biopsychosocial model. So that's looking at um, sort of the, the three kind of different areas. So there might be biological factors involved. So things like genetics, uh, hereditary predisposition. And we do know that certain mental health problems uh, do have a tendency to be in families. So that's, that's one. In, in terms of biological factors, um, we can have a hereditary um, or biological predisposition. So we do know that mental health issues can run in families. Um, so that's something just to be, um, you know, take note of and be aware of. Um, in terms of psychological and social factors, um, our environment can, can you know, uh, impact on our mental health. So um, if there's particular traumas, um, difficult childhood experiences or um, current experiences, so family stress, um, might be social stress like bullying at school, um, particular difficult times like VCE can be a very challenging challenging time for young people. It's really stressful. Um, so, that, you know, there, there's a lot of environmental factors that, that may contribute. Um, okay, so let's go back to um, how common is mental health within athletes? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, surprisingly, it is quite common. So a study that was completed in Australia of about 250 athletes um, a few years ago did show um, quite a high number of 46% of athletes that were experiencing at least one type of mental health problem, which is actually quite high. Um, so depression was found to be the most common with about 27%. Um, uh, eating disorders was, was found to be an issue. Um, social anxiety and generalised anxiety were also up there as, as sort of shown to be issues within athletes. Um, so I think, you know, athletes are just human like all of us. And so some of those um, statistics are probably reflective um, of what's happening in the general population. And do you think that the depression side, um, is there any data behind what causes these um health concerns within athletes like would depression be because of lack of results or pressure um is there any yeah, yeah, absolutely all those all those factors can can absolutely um contribute so some of the risk factors um uh, is maybe compounded might be around um, that intense pressure that you just said to, to win or, or maintain results um injury and illness is a real time of, of risk for, for athletes um times of poor performance. So if someone um, has an expectation of themselves or from others um, and maybe has been performing and then 
you know, their, their level of performance changes. That can be a risk factor. Um, also, sport can be stressful. Um, that, you know, that it's often long hours, late hours, um, for, for over many, many years for, for some athletes. Some athletes have been doing this stuff for a long time. So sometimes it can be a sense of that accumulated stress. Um, obviously approaching retirement we there's been quite a lot of stuff in the media lately um, around retirement and transition as being um, a real risk factor um, you know in terms of mental health and there's it's been a number of sort of high profile um, examples of that but I think generally sport um, over the last couple of years has realized has identified that um, as an issue and is starting to put in there can also be, um, you know, sort of family pressures or social relationships. Um, there can be team dynamic issues that can contribute towards mental health problem, problems, maybe even bullying. Um, and as I said, it's that kind of immense time and, and energy that we put into sport um, and that, that sort of emotional investment that sometimes can be a pretty heavy weight to carry. Yeah, and as I've previously mentioned in our um, last episode that um, from my knowledge, I don't know of any drivers coming forward saying that they're suffering from mental health or they have. Um, in other sports and the high performance areas that you work in, is there a stigma around about saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm suffering or hey, I, I need help? Look, that traditionally, of course, there has been. I think it's definitely starting to shift. I mean, we definitely hear, um, you know, people in the media now coming forward. So if, uh, what comes to mind is sports like AFL and cricket as obvious examples where we, we do know a few examples where people have spoken up about those issues. Um, and I think it's, it's a really important step to do um, in order of starting to break down those barriers. People would have no issues standing up and saying, oh, I've got an injury that's going to, you know, um, take me out of the season but there I think traditionally has been that that stigma around mental health it's starting to shift I think um, there's so much a lot of training going into athletes and supports now um, but obviously it just depends on the, the background and the sport that they're coming from um, generally in the public's perception I think that that stigma still exists so I work with people that are not athletes and you know some people still do find it really hard to talk about even with their friends or family um, so I think it's obviously it's slowly starting to shift it's much better than it was five or ten years ago but we've still got a bit of work to do in that area and Caroline the two sports you just mentioned there were male dominant sport as a, a previous athlete a female athlete yourself do you feel like female athletes speak up or or they don't because they are mindful about their role their responsibility um you know sponsorships harder to get their positions are harder to get things like that or it, it, it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I if I have particularly can comment on that. Um, uh, yeah, look, I think I think sometimes female athletes may feel like they've got to keep, you know, sort of something to prove, like you said, or, or really want to um, just do the best they can be. But I mean, men men want to do that as well. So I'm not sure if there's a difference. Um, I, I think sometimes it depends on the support and the infrastructure and. Um, funding that goes into those sports so that I, I guess if I think about AFL and cricket they, they do have um, financially a lot of resources um, and I think that that means that they do have the training the um, sort of the um, ability to recognize these things and the supports around them that it's safe to be able to talk about those issues um, uh, there is a, a few um, with netballers that have also talked about mental health issues. So um, that's an example of, of being in female sport. Um, but we also have our Olympic sports um, where I think people... 
people. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about the, the difference. I'm sure, I'm sure it's there. It's not something that I've researched specifically, though. Yeah, no worries. I just, yeah, for, again, what you just see in the media, I feel like there's a lot more men that have come out saying that they are, like male athletes, mm. than currently what female athletes do. Um, you know, thinking that they're more of the nurturing type and, and they wanting to, to withhold it, but maybe we can look into that one. <laughs> um, and so how does mental health affect performance? Well, look, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to have some impact at some point, isn't it? I mean, it, it's kind of people really obviously would understand that if there's a physical health problem, that, that that's going to impact on performance. Um, so, so if someone has a cold or the flu or a more chronic health condition, it, it will play a role and it requires thought and planning around it. Um, and obviously support around it. Likewise, with, with mental health conditions, it's exactly the same. It, it, it can have an impact. However, I would say um, that there's some real positive in that um, some people with mental health issues like depression or anxiety um, find that sport can be really helpful and really um, empowering and, and motivating um, in managing their mental health issues. So we know that exercise is great for mental health. So usually athletes are pretty fit. Mm -hmm. um, so that can be something that really helps moderate or uh, manage their symptoms. Um, so I think that, and also can give them an area to focus on um, and, and sort of keep pursuing and, and um, working through. Um, but having said that, obviously, it, it can be a really challenging thing if they're not getting the support, if they haven't um, talked about it, if they're not getting any help around that issue. I think that that's when it's going to be really difficult and it potentially can have an impact on their performance. And can you overcome a mental health con um, concern? Of course. Oh, otherwise I wouldn't, A, I wouldn't have a job and B, I think it'd be a very difficult job to do if, if I wasn't able to help clients. Um, look, so again, there's, there's a number of factors um, that can help. So there's, there is sort of those situational or, or environmental factors that, that can make a difference. So um, looking in, in, in people's uh, individual situations and seeing what does anything need to change structurally or in their environment that that might help it again it depends uh, person by person but um, is it that there needs to be more supports is it that something needs to change in their lifestyle or routine is it a, you know there's some issues around health that need to be managed um, generally like sleep and diet and all those kinds of things um, really sort of basic level interventions um, of course can be helpful um, then I guess medication of course can play a role for, for some people um, there's antidepressants that are effective in, in treating depression and anxiety that sometimes um, is, is a path that some people do need to go down and, and explore and get information around um, but in terms of psychological interventions um, there's many sort of modes of um, or uh, models that we use in working with with individuals that have been effective through vigorous research um, have, have been shown to be effective in treating mental health or working through mental health issues. So in particular, when we're thinking about things like depression and anxiety, um, learning psychological skills and managing those um, can be really effective. And obviously, um, I, I think that's part of why I really love the work that I do is that you do see people change and progress. And it's, you know, you can give them that hope that, that it's not going to be like this forever and that we can and, you know, work through these issues when we have the right tools and strategies in place. Yeah, well, your work definitely sounds very rewarding. Um, and, oh, and so they are the services that you offer down at Performance Edge, where basically they, you just come in and you, um, people can come to you. Why, why would pe someone come to you um, if, if, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I guess... Um, 
Yeah, the, people come for different reasons, obviously. If we're, th if we're thinking about athletes, um, you know, athletes do come because they have a mental health issue. So it, it may be affecting their sport or maybe it's not affecting their sport. They see it as separate. But certainly maybe they're an athlete, but, but the athlete or, or their performance isn't the main part of our work. It's about, you know, managing other areas of their life. It might be relationship issues. It might be um, family dynamics. It might be things from their past. It might be, um, as I said, current health issues that they're dealing with. Um, athletes are on a specific issue to do with their sports. So it might be performance anxiety or an anxiety disorder sort of that's impacting on their sport or, or even their training for example um, so that's that's another area that we would work on um, and the other area would be that people don't have specifically a problem um, so they might not have a mental health problem or they might they might be generally doing okay in their sport or well but they want to learn how to do that better so that's more the performance side so I do see there's kind of those different areas um, or categories that people come along in um, and, and we can work with all those areas and I think that that's um, really great because um, what it also means is that once people are feeling a bit better, if, if they're recovering from their mental health issue or, um, you know, their well-being is going quite well, we can then continue to work with them to improve performance. Fantastic. And again, how can people get in contact with you? Yep, so probably the easiest is just popping on the website, performanceedgepsychology.com. Um, people are welcome to give me an email or ring any time. happy to have questions or um, yeah, anything at all. Or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. We often put up information about mental health or um, generally about performance psychology-related issues. So um, that's another way. Of, yeah, all people can contact us via those um, as well. Fantastic. Well, of course, Caroline's details will be in today's show notes. Again, Caroline, thank you very much for your knowledge and experience and time today. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. And I, I really like your work on the podcast. And I think you're doing a great job, um, not just looking at uh, coaching and sports, but incorporating psychology. I think it, it is a really important step in reducing that stigma and getting that conversation going, because um, that's kind of, uh, it's just part of the parcel of what goes on in sport. And we need to talk about it and have these conversations. Most definitely. So I also have that link for Beyond Blue. Is there any other resources, Carolina, I should add to that list? Um, look, the, the AIS does um, ha has introduced a new program for um, mental health well-being for athletes. So there might be some information on the AIS website. Um, uh, look, off the top of my head, obviously things like Lifeline website will, will obviously give us information around if people are at risk or really struggling. Um, but as I said, I think go, go for more of those government-related um, re websites. Um, they're probably the best bet. So... Um, even looking up um, yeah, local government services and so on will, will give maybe tip you in the right direction. Um, Headspace is another one um, where that's a, um, a government-funded um, initiative providing mental health intervention for um, younger people. So um, I think it's 16 to 25. Don't quote me on that. I might be wrong with that age group, but um, they've got some great information, but also uh, ideas around how to access services as well. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you very much, Caroline, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in motorsport coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Tea. 
Until next time, take care.